The next mida, the next attribute, Kinyan listed here in the Memches Kinyan Torah, is known as Erech Apayim. And the Mepharshim basically agree that this refers to not getting angry, having patience, being forbearing, and not being quick to anger. There are a ton of sources, uh, some even here in Perkeyavos, but certainly throughout Chazal and various other Rishonim and Achronim about the importance of uh, keeping your calm and not getting angry. And uh, now we'll just share a sampling of those, uh, both in general importance as well as how it relates to specifically acquiring and mastering and retaining Torah. In terms of the general uh, statement, again, many, many comments in Gemaras and Chazal about anger, perhaps the most famous one and important one, the Gemara in Shabbos, and Daf Kofhei Amad Bet, which tells us that uh, that anger is in some diluted form, but in some necessarily legitimate, actual way, a form of Avodah of idolatry. The Rambam actually even quotes this, uh, and this is obviously quite significant. The Rambam is in Hechos Deos, Perik Bet, Halachadalid. And the Rambam quotes this in the context of his famous discussion of the Shvil Hazahav, of the Midah Habenonis, how everyone should be balanced, not too extreme. And yet, the Rambam famously says that there are two exceptions to his general rule. One is Ga'ava, Yish- uh, arrogance, there's no room for any of that, even in moderation. And then says the Ramah, that anger is a horrible, horrible, terrible Midah. And really, a person should go to the opposite extreme and never ever uh, get angry. So, this is obviously uh, a very dramatic and striking statement about uh, the evils of anger and the importance. Conversely, of avoiding, in fact, avoiding it. Uh, Rabbi Dr. Abraham J. Torsky uh, tells a story, just for a different kind of a source, but also very impactful, uh, tells a story of the Chafetz Chaim, who used to enter shul very early each morning. And once some students who were curious hid in the shul to see what happened before everyone else arrived. And they reported the Chafetz Chaim would open up the Aron Kodesh and daven with great kavana and even tears for Hashem to remove any emotion or any tinge of anger that he might have in his heart. So that's a pretty amazing story if it's true and certainly highlights uh, how much we should all be trying to avoid anger and obviously says something very dramatic and special about the Chavetz Chaim himself. In Koheles, Shlomo HaMelech in Perik Zion refers to someone who gets angry as a kasil, as a fool, b'chik kasilim yanuach. That anger resides, um, you know, in the bosom, if you will, resides in the fools. Um, conversely, in Mishle, in Perak Yudalid, he tells us that someone who is Erech is Rav Tfuna. There's great wisdom or understanding for someone who avoids anger. You know, why these particular uh, descriptions? We can think of all sorts of ways to criticize anger, all sorts of ways to compliment someone who doesn't get angry. Why foolish uh, versus wisdom? And I think the answer lies in a, an insight which is uh, one of my personal favorites, which comes from the stipler, Israel uh, Yaakov Kanievsky, most well known for his chidushim on the Gemara, the Kilas Yaakov, the stipler, but he has actually a thin single volume on Chumash called the Birkas Peretz. 
and commenting on the maka of Tzfardea, of the frogs, he points out that there's something peculiar about a well-known medrash. On the one hand, the medrash tells us, as we're familiar with, that the ta'al ha even though the Torah in, uses the singular language to describe a single frog emerging from the Nile, and yet then the Torah tells us that the tzfardi'im were tachas es eretz mitzrayim, uh, that in Lashon Rabim, the millions of frogs it must have been, covered the face of Mitzrayim, covered all of Egypt. So was it one frog or was it many? So Rashi uses this uh, problem to quote the famous Chazal, that in fact initially it was one frog, but the people hit the frog trying to kill it, and then somehow miraculously it multiplied each time they hit it, and therefore eventually the frogs covered and obviously caused great inconvenience to the Egyptians. So the stipler asks that he doesn't understand. It makes sense, you know, once, twice, three times, who knows. Initially, it's a a reasonable plan. You have this scary creature coming out of the river, coming out of the water, so you try to kill it with whatever means are at your disposal. And when it doesn't work the first time, you know, that's surprising. Maybe try a little differently, a little differently the second time. But at some point, it shouldn't have taken that many times for the people to realize that not only was it not working, but it was actually making the problem worse. It was counterproductive. So if the Torah itself attests that there were enough frogs to cover all of Egypt, not a small country, they must have hit the frog and the the various frogs hundreds, thousands of times. But why didn't at some point they just realize, like very early on in the process, you know, it was a good idea, but it's not working. Let's stop. We're making the problem worse. So says the stipler, this is the nature of losing your temper, of anger, that um, it's a vicious cycle that feeds on itself. We have a certain unmet expectation. Uh, we think something should happen or there should be a certain result. And because we're frustrated, uh, we then try to you know, raise our voice or do it again or scream. And that actually makes the problem worse. So they hit the frog assuming the frog would die. When it didn't die, they got angry and they hit the frog again even harder which, when it didn't work, got them even more angry, which is why they then hit the frog again even more angrier and more harder and more difficult. And each time, this was this vicious loop, this cycle, which fed on itself. And the common denominator, says the stipler, is that when you get angry, you start doing things that make no sense. You lose control. The shorish of anger, says the stipler, is that you lose your mind. That's kind of an idiomatic expression in English, which is actually perfectly... uh, attuned to what the stipler is saying. You know, when somebody really, really gets angry, that's one of the expressions we use. He or she lost his mind. He, she lost her mind. So, says the stipler, that's exactly the point. When you get angry, you lose your mind. You don't think clearly. It feeds on itself, and eventually, and sometimes very quickly, you're actually doing things which are completely counterproductive. And this may be, I would suggest, this may be why, in Kohala said in Mishle, the terms of wisdom versus foolishness are described. There may be something in certain instances that are, is even evil or wicked about, you know, really losing your temper, but on a more consistent basis, it's just foolish. It's just silly. It doesn't make any sense because nine times out of ten, or even more than that, it ends up being counterproductive and not helping the problem. Um, in fact, we have a lot of evidence, I think, to support this broader point, and this brings us to the specific connection of anger and forbearance. Um, in relation to Chachma or Torah knowledge. Um, Rashi in Bamidbar in Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, quotes the famous Sifrei, that when Moshe got angry at the people, uh, he 
therefore forgot his learning regarding the whole question of Geule Nochrim, of koshering the uh, pots from the, from the non-Jews. And in Vayikar Rabbah and Parsha Yud Gimel, it quotes other times as well, where Moshe got angry and as a result lost his Chachma. Here in Perk Yavos, Rav Chaim Velazhner in the Ruach Chaim and Rav Yaakov Emdin in his parish Lechem Shemaim also both quote the Gemara M'sachim, Adaf Samachvav HaMebez, which is not talking about Moshe per se, or not exclusively about Moshe, but using that as a model says more generally that one of the results of anger is a person loses his Chachma. Moreover, the Gemara in Nedarim, Daf Chafbet HaMebet, anger increases foolishness and causes a person to forget his learning, again, the proof text being Moshe Rabbeinu. Maral here in Derech Chaim as well, also quotes that Gemara in Psachim, and the Maharal in his Nesivos Olam, Nesiv Hakas, in the beginning of Perik Bet, also talks about how Erech HaPayim, calm, is uh, what he terms the Seder of life. And anger takes you out of that Seder. And therefore you lose your Chachma and other such things that require a certain calmness of mind, calmness of spirit. So I think these ideas are all very, very consistent with that basic insight we saw from the stipler and the basic insight we were suggesting in Kohelas and in Mishle that uh, perhaps the most the, the, the deepest problem and most fundamental issue when it comes to anger is losing self-control, you know, as we say idiomatically, losing your mind. And when that happens, it you simply aren't thinking clearly, even in terms of your own self-interest, and therefore it's a natural result, not a punishment that Moshe or other people generally lose their chachma, or the Gemara says lose their srara or the nevuah, but rather it's that when we're angry, it is more likely than not that we'll actually do things that, in a very almost natural way, lead to the loss of these previous attainments, especially things which require, whether it's chachma or nevuah, things which require wisdom and ability to concentrate and to focus and to think clearly. Many of the Mepharshim here and in general in Perki Avos uh, don't just explain the negative impact on Torah. We've just explained why Erech being calm and slow to anger, certainly makes sense in light of what we've seen as a method of acquiring Torah, as a necessary ingredient of a Kenyan Torah. But some of Farshim actually specifically explain uh, the value of anger or not, of not getting angry or the, the, the vice of getting angry, specifically in the context, the educational context, both as it relates to teachers and students. So, for example, earlier in Perke Avos and Perik Bet, Mishnahei, we are taught, Lo HaKaptan Melamed, someone who's too quick to anger cannot be a teacher. And if you look at the Mepharshim there, Rashi, Bartanura, Rabbeinu Yonah, they all describe that this is referring to a teacher who is impatient and intolerant of questions. Such a person will not succeed. They will not be able to be milameid. They will not succeed or be a good teacher. Because to be a good teacher, it must encourage questions and be patient and calm when answering. Back in our parak, uh, the Medrash Shmuel, uh, in Perkei Avos, in, in Kinyan Torah, chapter 6, and as well as in the, the Lechem Shemayim, uh, also elaborate on this point, that teachers need forbearance to avoid anger, because if you're quick to anger, then children will be afraid, students will be afraid to ask questions. And as a result, both the teacher and the student will lose the benefit of mitalmidai yoser mikulam, and from pilpul talmidim. Teacher, students can only learn if they're in such an environment, and as we have seen in previous shurim, Teachers them, students can only learn in that environment, and teachers benefit from the questions of students. So if the teacher creates an environment in which the students don't want to ask, the students and ultimately even the teachers will suffer. The Medrash Shmuel looks at this 
uh, from a similar vein and just from the perspective then of the student, that it's also relevant to the student, says the Medrash Shmuel, who need to have Erech need to avoid getting angry when they're disciplined or admonished from their teachers. Uh, certainly, uh, it could still even be true now, and it certainly was in a more old-school Chinuch uh, mentality, that there was a certain level of uh, discipline and admonishment and tochacha in the educational process. And the Medrash Shmuel obviously understands that it's human nature to be defensive and to get angry uh, and resentful if your teacher criticizes you, uh, even if they do it appropriately, let alone if they don't. But the Medrash Shmuel says that we should also see in this um, attribute of Erech advice to the students not to get angry and resentful and uh, reactive when they're being disciplined and being admonished because then they will never learn, they'll never grow. They need to be able to accept the constructive criticism that they receive. The Lechem Shemayim, Rav Yaakov Emden, similarly says uh, this idea and he quotes the Gemara in Brachos, which darshans that based on Mishlei in Perak Lamed, a Talmud who is quiet when the Rebbe yells at him Will be zocha to become a morehora. Says Lachem Shemayim, called Talmud Shakoe Salav, Rabo Pam Rishona Vishosek Zocha Lahavchin Bein Dam Tamei Ledam Tahor and Lahavchin Bein Dine Mamaros Dine Nefashos. In other words, the Gemara is saying, and Lachem Shemayim makes this connection that if your Rebbe gets angry at you, he criticizes you. Again, this is assuming I imagine that it's legitimate and reasonable, um, and you nevertheless accept it, your shosek, that will eventually lead to your meriting all sorts of abilities and great success in your learning and high levels of psak and hora'a. And again, the Lech understands this, not as some kind of mystical reward and punishment, but naturally, as the Medrash Shmuel says, that if you are willing to accept the constructive criticism and tochacha, that's the way you'll learn and grow very, very big. And last but not least, the Teferis Yisrael here um, also makes that point that, uh, in general, for students of Torah at any age, uh, anger kind of crowds out uh, memory and mental agility. I don't know if that's scientifically based or not, but uh, again, it's part of the larger pattern that we've seen that on some natural level, aside from the theological problems of anger, of losing control, and um, of uh, becoming like an Ovevodazara and the such that we started with, uh, that's, I think, true, and there's a lot to say on that more generally about anger. But specifically what we've been focusing on in our context of Kenyan Torah is that there's a lot, a lot of sources and a lot of sound argument to be made persuasive argument to be made that uh, lack of uh, ability to control one's temper uh, is symbolic uh, and of a lack of self-control and an ability to really remain in control uh, and that is a sine qua non, that ability to really be able to learn at any lo- high level for any sustained period of time. And therefore, the ability to remain in control, not lose one's mind, Erech uh, is a critical building block in one's Kinyan Torah. Okay, our second attribute, our second Kenyan for today's shir, uh, the next one on the list, is Lev Tov, having a good heart. Earlier in Perke Avos, in Perik Bet, uh, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, a uh, very famous Mishnah, asks, what is the Derech Yeshara? What is the ideal virtue that a student should have? And various answers are given in the Mishnah, Ayin Tova, Chaver Tov, Shachin Tov, and so the last one, which the suggested answer is, Lev Tov is the most important thing, and Rabbi Yochanan Medzakai endorses that, and he says, Shebechlal Devarav Devarechem, that Lev Tov is really the most important, because all of the other things that had been previously mentioned are Nichlal, they're encompassed in Lev Tov. If a person has a Lev Tov, 
then naturally Mamela will lead to all the other wonderful attributes. And we see the association between Lev Tov, or the heart, and wisdom in a number of places, even in Shmos, in Paraklam and Aleph, Pasig Vav, Lev Kochacham, Lev Nasati Chachma, the Chachma is put into the heart, Mishle Perak Yudalid, Pasig Gimel, Belev Navon, Tanua Chachma, that, again, heart is the seat of wisdom. We see this in many, many koros. And the question is, now that that's been kind of established, but that association between Lev and Chachma is clear, it's established, but it's kind of mis- mysterious. It's clear it exists, but it's not clear why. In what way is the heart associated here with Chachma? So, in his own kind of uh, mystical, so to speak, way, or metaphysical way, uh, the Maharal here in Der Chaim says that the Torah is the epitome, is the epitome of goodness. As it says in Mishlei, Ki lekach tov, nasati lechem torasi alta azovu. So, Torah is tov, and therefore a person can only be absorbed, the Torah can only be absorbed by someone with a good heart. Uh, the Torah is tov, and therefore you don't have a lev tov, you're not the proper klikibul. This idea of being a klikibul, uh, appropriate receptacle for Torah is consistent. We've seen this many times in the Maharal. Um, and it's interesting, but again, I think it still remains ambiguous and unclear. Why is that so? What does that mean that you need to be a, a klitov to accept the Torah, which is tov? So uh, there are a number of interpretations that I think are given that take this kind of a little bit deeper and a little bit more specific, and uh, let's try to go through a few of them. So one group of mafarshim understand that this is an allusion, lev tov, to having good midos in a specific way. So the Tiferes Yisrael here in Os Peches says, Lev Tov refers to the Midah of being soft, having a yielding or forbearing nature, and you rejoice in helping others. Earlier, back in Perak Bet, in Perak Yavos, the Tiferes Yisrael says that this refers to someone who's generally a happy person, who's always ready to make other people happy. Um, and such a person, that just general Midah is Zochet Asiyatet Shemaya to have a sharp mind. The Mishnah there says that this is the best midah, the derech yeshara, because when a person is calm and happy and making other people around him happy, that impacts the entire person. He'll have a lot of good friends. He'll also love Hashem. It just puts one in the proper frame of mind, uh, both naturally and in terms of meriting siyat uh, ha to be able to truly achieve great things in Torah. Rabbi Yonah there in Avos and Perak Bet serves to kind of a tikkun hamidos. Slave tov is a kind of a holistic general catch-all phrase for good midos. And because all midos eventually, he says, quoting the Rambam and the Parashim Mishnayis, come from the heart. That's his first interpretation. His second interpretation, it refers not just to an overall shlemus in midos, but specifically to self-control, very much akin to what we had just seen in the previous midah. Uh, not getting angry, even when someone does something bad to you, always responding softly, not becoming bitter, even when wronged. Um, and the Shari Tshuva, that's Rabban Yonah, the same Rabban Yonah, the Shari Tshuva and Shari Gimel, he says that it doesn't just mean kindness and giving to others, but doing so with a benevolent heart. Um, it's not just doing chesed, but being a Baal chesed, what he calls Midas Hanedivos, having that character. Um, and that's the opposite of having uh, selfishness or cruelty in your heart, achzarius. And instead we should be Rachmanim and compassionate, and through that, again, we'll have a siyat ad-shamaya for Rachamei uh, Shamayim. Rav um, Solomon, uh, the famous mashkiach from the Lakewood Yeshiva, so he collects some of these sources that we just mentioned, and he makes the point that whether they're in Perk Vav or Perk Beis of Perk Yavos, or generally, that this is the connection between Lev Tov generally, 
and specifically a kentora. Because nowhere does a person need Rachmai Shemaim and Siyat Rishmaya more than in his learning. As we ask for uh, from Hashem every day in Davening, Avinu Ha'av HaRachaman HaMrachim Rachim Aleinu V'Sein Belibeinu L'Havinu L'Haskiel L'Shmo L'Omol L'Lamei L'Shmo V'Lasos L'Chaim Is Kol Divrei Talmud Torah Secha Bi'Ahava Right, we begin that very beautiful tefillah right before in Birkas Kriyashma with Avinu of Harachaman, Harachim Rachem Aleinu. So we see here, says Rav Matisiel Solomon, that obviously we, we understand, or we don't understand, but we posit, we accept that we need a certain amount of Rachmanus, divine compassion, Siyata Dishmaya, divine assistance to Bizocha to Torah. And from all these other mafarshim, basically what we're getting at is that leif tov, vidos, compassionate, kindness, happy state of mind, making other people around us happy, all those things, you know, probably make for a good life generally, but they'll also help in the siyata deshmaya, which evidently is a necessary component of our success in learning. That was all number one. A second group of Mepharshim also understand that Lev Tov refers to Midos, uh, but more of a specific Midah, and that is not being jealous. Rabbi Yaakov Emden in the Lechem Shemaim here says that Lev Tov means not to be jealous. When a person's heart is free from jealousy and hatred and worry, sadness, and instead is happy and content, then your state of mind, your heart, so to speak, will be open and rachav and wide to receive Torah. And Rashi there explains that Aaron HaKohen was Zoha to wear the Chohen on his heart, because in his heart he was not jealous of Moshe, who had achieved greater honor. And of course, this is a companion with the Chazal in the Medrash Tanhuma, uh, which talks about so beautifully how Moshe was very worried that Aaron would be jealous of him, and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu assured him that Aaron was not jealous, and on the contrary, Sameach Belibo. Uh, and I think that, you know, in, in the learning context, this is certainly very, very pertinent because many times in yeshiva or generally in the British or in a learning event, you can have students who are jealous of each other, who, jealous of one another who, if they think that their friend or their fellow uh, yeshiva mate is learning better than them, faster than them, more successful than them, and in a higher shear than them, etc., etc. But in fact, what we see from these sources is that that jealousy uh, mostly is not going to help, but if anything, is going to make the problem worse because it creates not a lave tov, but a lave ra. And that the real answer is first to have a lave tov, to be actually happy for your friend or your chavrusa or the other person in the yeshiva or in the base matter who is learning well, and then to be able to look at yourself and work on yourself. Uh, this brings to mind, in, in a minute or two, just sharing uh, a very beautiful, beautiful essay uh, that I came across in the Sefer Chaye Olam which is kind of a Hashkafa Sefer, generally about Talmud Torah-related themes from uh, the Stipler. I'm not sure if we've mentioned him at all in any of our previous shurim, but this is our second mention of the Stipler uh, here today. Again, he's most famous for his Chedushim on Gemara, the series of Sfarim Kilas Yaakov, but uh, he was a very, very uh, insightful person in many other areas, not only Gemara, and quite a few of his other Sfarim are actually also quite telling. So one of them about Talmud Torah is called Chai Olam. And there in Volume 2 in Chelek uh, Bet, Parak Yud Bet, uh, the Stifler has a very, very important essay about this point of the natural tendency of yeshiva boys bachrim each other and how negative that is. And just to make one or two insights, share one or two insights from him, uh, he makes the following point. It says, often a student will start out with great desire, passion, cheshek, uh, and also a sipakanefesh, an enjoyment for learning. But then we notice that that student uh, kind of loses all that passion and excitement and happiness and gets upset. And he suggests that more often than not, when we see that pattern, 
The source of it is because he feels that he's not being viewed as a star, as Rebbeim or the other people in the yeshiva, and compares himself to other students, and says the stipler unequivocally, this is not healthy, but rather this is the work of the Yetzir Hara. Instead, what he suggests is instead of looking at other people, or some master plan or big picture which is just depressing you, the key is to look at every page, every Mishnah, every Daf Gemara, every Tosvos, every, every success, even if you think it's minor, look at every success and then keep at it, building on it. And eventually says, you will succeed. And he points out that this is simply how it has to be. It must be that Hashem looks at us that way. After all, the Gemara says in Avodah Zarah Daf Gimel, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba Betrunya Im Briosov. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God does not demand of us any more than we can handle. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the Talmud, loves the student, at any age I would add, who maximizes whatever potential, more or less, limited or not, but whatever potential the person has, if you maximize that, then Hashem will love that person as much as any huge Talmud Chacham. As the Gemara in Brachos, Tafhei, Abed says, Echad Hamarbav, Echad Hamamit. In this context, as a stipler, it should be understood as we are mentioning, that it's not about how much you do, how fast, how much your memory is, etc., but rather maximizing your potential. And in some ways, as the stipler, you're more beloved, given that you, given that you struggled. So this is all very, very important and very significant because uh, jealousy, both uh, in a spiritual sense and even just in a very logical, psychological sense, can be very, very damaging in general and certainly very damaging to the long-term success in the pursuit of Torah, in the Kenyan Torah. Therefore, Leif Tov, understood by these Mepharshim, is coming to tell us that we need to not be prone and not suffer from the temptations of jealousy, but in fact focus on ourselves and focus on the ways, even in small, that we're growing and working, growing in our own way. Um, finally, to conclude, uh, the Medrash Shmuel here has a, another interpretation of Lev Tov, and he says that we know that in general, a Lev is often referred to as the, the metaphor, the term for the Yetzer, right? Bechol avavcha, b'shnei Yitzrecha. That every person has two hearts, which is another way of saying we have two Yetzers, two drives. We have Yetzer Tov, the drive to do good things, Hara, the drive to do bad things. And the point of our Kinyan Torah here, Lev Tov means that a person should do their best to banish the Yetzirah so that the Torah can reside in the good heart, so to speak. Uh, as the Pasuk says, Ki belev navon, tanua chachma, Pasuk we saw previously, that um, it's a kind of a general Musra idea, says the matter Shmuel, that the more uh, your Yetzirah, the more that Lev Ra is in your, is, is dominating or is a part of you. So on multiple levels, you'll be distracted, you'll be tempted, um, seen in previous shurim that without a certain level of tahara, uh, the Torah, which is ho- holy, won't be able to reside, etc. But even without anything uh, mystical or overly spiritual, we understand that if a person is constantly thinking about things which can be described as the Yetzirah, that's not going to be conducive to learning. Says the Medrash Shmuel, that's what's being referred to here by Lev Tov, meaning not your Yetzirah, but your Yetzirah Hatov. Um, the Bartanura, um, to conclude, in Perkbet, uh, as we saw previously, the reference to Lev Tov. See, he explains in a way that I think uh, is similar to the Medrash Shmuel, that the Yetzer Tov, or the Lev Tov, here is a stand-in for the idea of you know, positive motivation or even passion in that. And says the Baratunura, Lefisha HaLev Hu Lakol Shara Kochos. It's the engine for all other uh, uh, 
attributes. That at the end of the day, if you don't have the lave right, nothing is going to work. The lave is the engine, it's to drive the source for everything else. And even though each of your actions, each character trait has certain what he calls evarim yuchadim, this part of your body, that part of your body, mikomakom hakocham orer lekolatunos who believe. But the source of it all comes from the heart, comes from your passions, comes from your yetzer, etc., etc. And therefore, um, it's obvious that a lev tov, as thus understood, it impacts everything. If it impacts everything, we also understand obviously why it impacts learning. Lev Tov, in this understanding, is referring to the desire to grow. Um, you know, there's as the uh, saying, I'm not sure the origins of such a saying, but there is such a saying, and I think it makes sense that if a person truly has the desire to grow, uh, then that is going to take care of many of the impediments uh, on its own. There could still be other challenges, but the lave tov is a critical, critical component, as understood here by being the will, the desire to do the right thing, the desire to learn, the desire to be successful in learning, and that is quite significant. So whether it's the avoidance of jealousy and the reasons why that would help, or general shlemus hamidos and being the right kind of a person, having the passion and the desire to learn, uh, these are all, understa- I think, reasonable and understandable ways that rationally, intuitively, make sense to us in a way that we, I think we can understand the various statements already in the, in the Tanakh uh, and in Chazal that associate the term lev or lev tov with Chochmah.